The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is Friday, folks. We made it four minutes past the top of the hour. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Ben is in the McKee Studios. I'm right here in the Lotus Center Studios in the heart of beautiful West Knoxville, Tennessee. Ben, we made it, man. We did, barely. But we made it. We made it. We made it. A lot to get to today. That's for sure. That 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 is an an understatement. Big game tomorrow for Tennessee basketball. Lady Vols had a dominating win last night. Wow. And then obviously there's some football news that needs to be discussed. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. For sure, man. Tennessee. LSU tomorrow at 6 p.m. The great Ron Slay is going to be on the call there on Vol Network with Bob Kesslin. Ooh, man. That's must listen. That That is must listen. I'm, I'm going to have to learn how to sync up my television with the radio for tomorrow night's game. I, I've never done it. Brad tried to explain it to me once, but I never tried it after he explained it to me. Uh, and I don't even know who's on the TV call. It's ESPN, and it's 6 o'clock. Oh, man. So I, I imagine it'll, it'll be somebody good. It might be Jimmy Dykes. Oh, man. Is it Jimmy Dykes? It might be, man. Oh, I don't want to have to pick between the two. I love <sighs> Jimmy Dykes, too. It, it, I'm 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 pulling up the game notes to to see who's going to be on the call, but I'm afraid I, I think I think I, I'll divert from from Jimmy Dykes for one game because obviously this is a one off for Ron Slay, so I'm gonna have to figure out how to sync my my TV with the radio broadcast. It might be it might be Dane. Oh, I don't want I don't want to cheat on Dane either. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm trying to pull it up too, man. I know my internet's faster uh, than yours. Well, my internet is faster than yours. Boy, stop. <laughs> yeah, I your yours is faster because you have the business internet, but I have good internet. My problem is I I'm starting to we get good to the point. We good. We good. Oh, we oh, good. we are. Good. We good. I don't want to listen to Damian Fishback. I love Damian Fishback though, but nah, I know I'm kidding. He he's okay. I remember when he played at Auburn and that Auburn team, Doc Robinson, uh, Porter, Chris Porter. I remember they were like, um, you know, I think it was uh, Robinson, number 13. That team was a top five team. I was like an Auburn basketball fan just for that year. I remember that oh. year. And Fishback can Auburn shoot it. Swing. Too. He can shoot it too, man. That was back in the day. That was back when I actually was all Auburn basketball, swing. not football. But Tom Hart, that's my guy, man. But hey, yeah, we, I don't want to cheat on Tom Hart. I know, but um, I enjoy listening to Tom Hart more than I like Jimmy Dykes. I love listening to Tom Hart call games. I think he is terrific. 
Yeah, those two and, and dynamic duo. A, a big friend of the show. For sure, man. Big you know, that dynamic duo, man. I um so Music City Bowl, I was talking to my guy Cole Kublik before the game. And um I was like, hey man, here's something you need to talk about. You need to bring up Hendon Hooker and his book. And um I was like, listen, I'm gonna be at the game. I'll bring you the book. I don't know how I'll get you the book, but I'll get you the book. And after I finished up the Big Orange countdown of all network, Tom Hart comes into our our booth, says what's up to everybody, Bob Kesslin and the Hubs and the Chris Brown, myself, the crew, Tim Barry's in there, the great engineer. I got a chance to meet Tim Barry officially. I feel like I feel like Meeting a superstar, Tim Tim Barry is the engineer for Vault Network, and nothing happens without Tim Barry. And you know, doing this show from my house and having to hire an engineer to come in and set all the equipment up, and you know, I've learned from my engineer a lot of things about the audio game. So Tim Barry is like an idol to me. <laughs> so. Anyways, Tom Hart comes in to our studio and to our the, the media box there. And I said, hey, man, here's this book. Can you get this book to Cole Cupid? Because there's a possibility Cole was going to bring that up during the broadcast. Kind of like he brought up um, Spencer Barnett and uh, Checker Nealon. And um, I still haven't got my book back. I tell Cole just to. Just pay it for it, give it to maybe he can keep it for his kids. Or yes, he, he has as many kids as you do. I know, right? So that'll be my Christmas present to him. I'll just have to get another one. But Tom Hart, man, I feel like I was officially meeting a superstar because I haven't really met him in person until last Thursday. So yeah, Tom Hart's the man. And I hate that we will have to be cheating on Tom Hart. But man, it's Ron Slay, man. We gonna, we going on a sleigh ride, going, baby. Yes, lock lock the door. <laughs> We're going on a sleigh ride. We're going into the boom boom room. That's right. For two hours. I mean, I, I tweeted yesterday. Ron Slay is a a treasure, and we must protect him at all costs. I I uh, I, I do have a a funny Ron Slay story, and uh. You are aware of uh, my my granny, uh, as you have told the good folks here on the show from my wedding and when she liked to dance on you. She didn't dance on Slay too, did she? She don't me, did she? Oh no, she she did Slay dirty. Um, there you go. Grant granny. and Admirals last year. She, my mom brought her to a game. I, I don't remember what game it was. Maybe it was a Kentucky game. Um. But after the game, obviously, when my mom tries to come to at least one basketball game a year, sometimes she makes it to two or three. And obviously, I have a media parking pass, so she'll ride with me to the game. And that, unfortunately, requires her being there 30 minutes to an hour longer than the typical fan because I have post-game stuff that I have to do. And when my mom brought my my granny to a game grant and admirals last year they were 
listening to the Rick Barnes show courtside after the game while they were waiting on me. And she got her photo taken, my granny did, with Admiral Schofield and with with Grant. And Ron Slay was there. And Ron Slay was was walking by. And my mom knew who Ron Slay was and said hello. And we're chit-chatting. And uh, somehow they they ended up taking a photo. Ron Slay and my granny took a photo together. And she told him, you're no Grant or Admiral, but you'll do. And she was referring to the to the way that he looked. Uh, he, he's not as young and good looking as as Grant and Admiral, but you'll do. Is what she told him. Man. And uh, Ron, Ron Slay played it off like a champ, obviously, went, went along with it. It was all in good fun, but it was funny. Uh, Ron Slay interacted with my granny. Oh, man. Oh, listen, man, when you get over a certain age, man, you get zero Fs about what you say sometimes. <laughs> and that's that's a that's a perfect example of that. Granny was like, yes. uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, young athlete like Grant or Admiral anymore. And, yeah, and you know, this is this is like senior year Admiral when he is yoked up and <laughs> Grant when he's a, a junior and every broadcast tells the story about how Rick had him on the the Versa climber and treadmill <laughs> during practice and eating popcorn that his mom sent in front of his face on, on the Versa climber and, and so Grant is in terrific shape as well and then <laughs> old old Ron Slay who's what 40 or so years old I would imagine yeah yeah um, yeah so quite 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 the difference but I'm excited again I'm gonna have to find a way to sync up my radio to the television because it's going to be awesome. And he had me rolling yesterday when he posted that video of, of his wife having him out in the snow looking for uh, looking for some cheese or whatever it was that he was looking for. Oh, uh, yeah, ricotta. Uh, the ricotta, ricotta cheese. Him and Garfield out there looking for the lasagna. I was rolling. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get in and get out yesterday because that this the stove certainly hit Nashville harder than it hit hit us but it it did hit us man and uh the roads were wet and then the snow started to come and i i got in and got out man i went over to uh Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine and i got my foot um injected i did some prolotherapy so man woohoo <laughs> i had to I had to go by and get my prescription cuz man i have this is a different type of uh it's a different type of pain right here. This is different. And so I, I dropped my prescription off. I went to go pick it up. And I'm telling you, man, right there by my house, I mean, you can walk to this this area. There was an accident already. I mean, it, it had been five minutes. Had been five minutes, already an accident. So, you know, you know how folks get down here, man. We we don't really handle the snow well. We freak out. And we, we don't slow down. Some of us speed up. And so I was like, let me get home and stay home because this is about to get crazy. So uh, you got to get in and get out. Ron Slate did and gave us a good, nice video uh, in the process. I know what y'all want. We getting there. Man, you know you you know why they're here, don't you? 
unfortunately. Yeah. Folks are like, sway, <laughs> bit, uh, hurry up and get to it. Yes, the, the people there, there is somebody who has thought to themselves or mumbled out loud, Ben, we don't care about, about your story with the granny. <laughs> Swain, we don't care about Ryan Slay calling the basketball game. <laughs> Swain, we don't care about your Tom Hart story nope. or, or your Cole Kubrick story. Nope. Get to the good stuff. Get to the good stuff. Y'all know why we are here. We're not here to talk about basketball and LSU and Tennessee, which is going to be one of the best SEC matchups of the early season. We're not here for that. We don't care about that. What we care about is these transfers. We care about these transfers. We're going to give you what you want. We'll take our first break of the day. We'll come back. Tennessee. Had a couple players hit the transfer portal yesterday. Not surprised that Tennessee was going to have players in the transfer portal. It may be a surprise to some of who went to the transfer portal. And we will discuss when we come back. How surprised are we? What does that mean? What led to the decision to enter the transfer portal? We'll talk about it coming up after this break. Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Stay with us. Get in on the conversation? Call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, 
stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Hmm. We know this day was coming, and this, this may not be the only day. Tennessee has been a team that has been quiet, Ben, as far as the transfer portal in the last couple of weeks, you had, you know, Harrison Bailey, Tyon Evans, Brian Maurer. You had guys into the portal during the season, but we've been relatively quiet during this transfer portal stretch in the last four weeks. Right now, there's over a thousand players in the transfer portal, over a thousand. And yesterday, the portal added three more. Players, and these three being from Tennessee. D. Beckwith, running back. Tyler Barron, defensive line. And I'll let you, I'll let you tell us about the third one, man. This is, this is your area. Special teams, you, baby. Will Albright, backup long snapper, Will Albright, is also in the transfer portal and I I I think it may be a case where he also played linebacker in high school so maybe he wants to play linebacker in college Excuse I me? don't know that what who Will Albright okay well I mean I'm not saying he's going to transfer to Alabama and play it but I'm, I'm I mean if I mean, he he hasn't played in two years, and and maybe he wants to be more than a long snapper. And maybe I mean he's a, a Tennessee kid, so I'm I'm sure he grew up a a Tennessee fan. And you yeah, that that's my point. Like ETSU, UTC, like I I completely understand if he doesn't want to watch from the sidelines for four or five years, and and. Maybe that's the case here. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm making my own assumptions. Um, 
but Will Albright and an East Tennessean. So maybe he just doesn't want to sit on the sideline for four or five years. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, man. I get it. If you put your time in and um, there's something else you want to achieve, this is the opportunity to do it with the transfer portal. I didn't yes. think about like I, it. I, I, I've always wondered kind of what I would do in that situation because growing up, I, I just – I wanted nothing more than to go to Tennessee and, and get a degree from Tennessee. But if I was good enough athletically to, to play a sport at Tennessee, I was good enough to, to be on the roster but wasn't good enough to play, would would I be willing to to sit on the bench for – three, four, five years just for the sake of of being at Tennessee or would the competitive side of me take over? And and although I I love Tennessee the way that I do, would I would I want to play just as much as I I want to graduate from from Tennessee? That that would be a tough, tough line to to walk and tough decision to make. Yeah. So, man, I I hope you go somewhere if he wants to play defense or play a second position or play, you know, play more than I hope he's able to do that. I, th- I think after a certain amount of years at Tennessee, unable to play, man, you should, you should go somewhere else. Uh, you shouldn't just sit on the bench just to be a, just to say, you, you, you know, you've played Tennessee and just to wear the power tee, you know, you should want more for yourself. Totally respect that. Understand that. All right. Um, D back with into the transfer portal, something that um, probably should have did last year, you know, but he 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 wanted to see what chances he had under Josh Heupel, and this is the second staff where he hasn't been able to get on the football field. Um, he has been he's been hyped up more than anybody else on this team from from fans. Fans have have inserted him into the two deep probably more than any other player. Simply because of his size, simply because of a flash of watching him play um, his freshman year, he has not been ready to play. He has not been ready to play. If you listen to this show, you have definitely heard me say, I feel like he is out of position. I think he needs to play in another position if he wants to play at this level. Now, if he wants to go down a level or go to a smaller school and continue to play that position, he can maybe do that. But at this level, I don't think running back is is and, and was the right position for him. But he finally enters the portal, and before making snap judgments and emotional statements, understand that this, this is the second staff that he was unable to get on the field with. So uh, being your thoughts on, D. Beck with the Florence, Alabama, North Alabama native. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, D. Beck with looks like a freak of an athlete. And I guess he is a freak of an athlete, but he, he's not an SEC football player. Point blank, period. I, I would be surprised. I'd be stunned if he transferred to an SEC-level school and 
that would be a surprise, and then it would be an even bigger surprise if, if he if he transferred to an SEC level school and became a contributor. I, I just I don't see it. Um, I, I I think like UAB would would be a good spot for him. Uh, he he just he he lacked the physicality necessary to play running back. I mean he he was fifth on the depth chart, and I, I just don't understand how people yesterday on social media on, on the message boards they're, they're questioning Josh Heupel and Jesus. like why why can't you find a way to get this guy on the field it's not a Josh Heupel or Alex Golish issue it's it it's it was a poor evaluation by the last staff to to bring him in quite frankly so I, I would be surprised if if he transfers to to a school equivalent to Tennessee and became a contributor there uh, just because at running back specifically I, I think he lacks the the physicality to be a productive running back at, at this level and all all you need to know about D Beckwith is that he had walk-ons in front of him two of them Marcus Pierce and Fred Orr were, were both in front of him on the depth chart and it wasn't because he was a problem in the locker room or kept getting in trouble or anything like that. He just, he wasn't ready to, to play running back. So I, I hate that it didn't work out, but I'm, I'm not losing any sleep over D back with entering the, the transfer portal. My, my, my reaction was, Oh, that finally happened. That, that was my reaction when I saw the D back was, was in the portal. Yeah. And the way it works is not, Man, these the coaches gotta find a way to get this player on the field. Not that the players is not doing everything he needs to be doing to show that he deserves to be on the field. Not everyone is Cordell Patterson. Like Cordell Patterson and and Alvin Kamara, those are two guys you say, "Hey, man, we gotta find a way to get these dudes on the field. We gotta find we gotta find a way to get them the ball. They gotta we gotta put them somewhere." Like like a Evan Barry. Remember Evan Barry? He was so dynamic. As a as a as a kickoff returner, that's when you say, "Man, we got to find a way to get him on the field more." Man, we got to get him on offense, get him on the end around or reverse or handoff. You got to find a way to get him on the field. You say that about those type of players. You don't just try to get dudes on the field that haven't earned the right from practice to be trusted to be on the football field. It doesn't work that way, fans. It doesn't work that way. It's the player's responsibility to prove to their teammates and coaches every day in practice that they deserve to be trusted and to play on the field. So comments talking about, we got to find a way to get that dude on the field, that's reserved for CP, AK, Evan Berry, guys like that, John Kelly. Bayless Jones at the beginning of the year. <laughs> exactly. Like, like you say that you say that about those guys. That's it. You don't say that about any and everybody. Like when Squirrel White comes in and he he gets two touches, but the two touches are, you know, electric touches and, and he picks up a first down and makes a big play, but you don't see much of him in other offensive plays because maybe you don't know the playbook or whatever, whatever the reason could be. But in those two touches, he's electric. That's when you say, hey, man, we got to find a way to get him on the field. But not for a dude that can't beat out a walk-on. 
not even trusted to be on special teams. And I hope he goes somewhere and lights it up. I really do. I mean, he's a North Alabama kid. I'm going to be biased when it comes to that. Duh. I am biased. Bias, bias, bias. But, but, I'm but gonna, you should be. I'm not going to sit here Auburn and lie. Swain. What's that? I'm, I, your new nickname, Auburn Swain. That's not going to work, man. Oh, it is. You're going to force if it? those comments are going to be thrown my way, I'm bringing you down with me. In that case, you can call me, you know, Kentucky Swain, too, because one of my good, good friends was a McDonald's All-American when Toby Smith was the coach and went to Kentucky, and I wanted to play for Kentucky growing up basketball, too. You want to do that? Yep. You want to do that, too? Kentucky Swain. We, we've got go ahead Kentucky reach. Swain. or uh, Actually, Big Blue Swain, yeah, uh, Bama Swain, Barner Swain. We, I don't, we already know. I don't know why you would. With, uh, I don't know why you would say Bama. There's like I have no stories close to me ever wanting to, to be. You're from Bama. Simple as that. Oh, Simple as that. Guilt by association. We we all know your boys with DJ Shockley. So your, your bulldog Swain as well. I'm bringing you down with me because I'm going to be a bad friend today. I'm tired of being a good friend. I'm going to be a bad friend for once. All I'm right. bringing you down with me. Okay, go for it. Cool. Barner Swain. All right, gotcha. gotcha. Probably UAB Swain, too. Blazer Swain. No, no, I don't have any reason to be. I've never liked the Blazers in one moment of my life. I did like the Auburn Tiger basketball team back back in the day for one season. I forgot what year that was. Anyways, I know what y'all want to hear. I know what y'all want to talk about. Tyler Bear. Now, let me preface my statements by by saying this. I have known Tyler's father, Patrick Abernathy, ever since he arrived here under Butch Jones. He is someone that has been an asset to the Tennessee football program under Three different coaches, man. Three different coaches. He has helped Tennessee bring in players. He has been really good with connecting with our with our players and being a a shoulder to lean on outside of the coaching staff, the on the field coaching staff. Excuse me. This has all been awkward because his son is a Tennessee kid, played here for two years, and now neither are going to be part of the program moving forward. Now, a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned on the program that Patrick Abernathy was no longer on the staff, that he had stepped down. And when that happened, I was anticipating Tyler Barron not to be a part of this football team. On the last Tennessee Prime, Austin Price flat out asked him about the rumors of him transferring. 
the answer that Tyler Barron gave did not fool me, but I wasn't going to press him up like that in that setting. But the answer that Tyler Barron gave when Austin Price asked him about the rumors of him transferring, Tyler Barron didn't really answer the question about him transferring. He just said that he loved Tennessee. Remember that, Ben? Oh, I remember. It is. I I remember. I kind of uh, raised my eyebrow. It is. Um, if, if you missed it, you can go to the Swain Event YouTube. And um, it is entitled, uh, it's on December the 14th. December the 14th. Tennessee Prime, K. Mays, myself, Austin Price, Tyler Barron. It was that day. And Austin Price asked him at the beginning of the, of the, of the show, hey, man, what about the rumors of you transferring? Tyler Barron didn't really say, I'm going to be back next year. He just said he loved Tennessee. You can love Tennessee and still not be at Tennessee. It's just like you can love someone and not be in a relationship with them. <laughs> could, could you love Tennessee and then transfer to one of, one of its rivals? These these kids can do that. I couldn't do drives, that. Drives me crazy. They can do it. But I can't do it. Mm-mm. So, when Austin Price asked him that question, and he, and he gave the answer, I already knew what was going on. And I knew how tough it was going to be for Tyler Baring to be on the roster when his, like his dad stepped down. Tyler Barron's play, I thought, was affected by what was going on with Patrick Abernathy's status on this staff. And it's normal. Like, if I'm playing and my my dad um, steps down, obviously it's not all good and all positive and all great. But if, if my dad was stepping down, that would be a distraction for me. I would question my future at that particular school. I thought Tyler Barron played distracted. I thought Tyler Barron did not play with uh, the same purpose that he did his freshman year. I thought he took a step back, to be honest. Um, you, you saw a, a Rodney Garner come in, and we assumed that everybody was going to up their game under Rodney Garner because he is the best. And everyone pretty much did. But, Ben, there's times when you, know, you see – you see Tyler Barron, and you wonder why he would not be playing at a, at a full uh, full speed, and that's why his snaps started to um, be reduced. Yes, it's it's why earlier this week, I can't remember which day this week we were having this discussion. I think it was Tuesday, the the day before the vid got the best of you. And we I were tested discussing, negative. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we were discussing the importance of, of Jared Verse and Tyler Barron sliding inside, and I said that I, I, I like that move on the surface, but if, if Tyler Barron is going to move inside and, and truly play on the defensive line, he's, he's going to have to have a mentality change. That, that that's the, the biggest step that his game 
needs to to take is is that he needs uh to to get mentally stronger to be quite frank yeah yeah and i i said that because of i i i agree with what you just said i thought he had a a disappointing season in regards to his potential. I, I think he has all the potential in the world, and and I, I don't really think that he was was quite reaching that potential. He still made some really nice plays here and there, but there, there's a reason that at times we felt like he should have been getting more snaps than he was, and, and I think that's because he needs to take another step um, with his game mentally. Yeah, this is this is not the end of the world, nor is it not a big deal. This is this is this is a big deal. This is a deal, but this is part of the the transfer portal life. And I truly believe if you are not happy, then you don't need to be here. You don't need to be somewhere where you're not happy. And I totally understand Taliban not being thrilled or not being happy based on what happened with, with his father not being on the staff. I totally get that. And it's an injustice to him. It's an injustice to his teammates for him to be somewhere and not give him, giving his all during the course of a football game, not playing with his hair on fire, not playing with passion and purpose. I thought his freshman year he did more of that. I thought this year he was a little distracted. And Tyler Barron is is good in front of the, the cameras, good you know behind a microphone. And I felt like the last Tennessee prime, because that was the second time he did prime that year. Uh, he also did the locker room. And the last time prime, he was a little silly. He was a little silly. As if this was going to be his last time. It was almost like he knew he was out of here. It was different. I remember coming in the next day like, man, that, that prime was different. Tyler was a little silly, man. He he was like he was like the dude that knew he was about to put in his two weeks notice, and he was telling folks how he really felt, and he you know his personality was a little different. You know, he's a little different, and that's okay. But I picked up on it, picked up on it, and knew that Tyler Barron would be one of the guys that possibly would enter the transfer portal, and the destination for Tyler Barron. It's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious of where we all think he's going. It was a battle between Tennessee and Kentucky the first time. Kentucky thought they had Tyler Barron. I think he's going to Kentucky. Yes, that is the consensus feeling. Uh, it, it would be a surprise if he did not end up there and, and – the Tennessee side feels like he's headed that way. And then the Kentucky side is dead set and 1000% convinced that he is coming. Now there, there has been some dialogue with A&M there. There's a slight possibility. He could remove his name from the portal and remain at Tennessee, but it does seem like uh, Kentucky is the overwhelming favorite to land Tyler Barron, which at the beginning, I was surprised because I remember that recruitment and how Vince Vince Morrow, man, he was he was hot when Tyler Barry yes picked and, Tennessee. Yes, he was hot. Yeah, yeah. That, that thing yeah. that thing was personal, man. That thing that that recruitment was different. 
and it yes. ruffled a lot of feathers. And 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 maybe they smoothed things over. Maybe maybe things have been smoothed over. Here's my thing with that, Swain. Is it's easy to put the puzzle pieces together as to why Kentucky and Vince Morrow were 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 mad uh, with with the way things transpired with Tyler Barron, uh, who who was the head coach that that signed Tyler Barron? Well, that was Jeremy Pruitt. I I think it's easy to put two and two together. Why Kentucky was frustrated, but if I'm Kentucky, especially this go around and their media members have begun to to celebrate and and have a lot of sarcasm. Uh, oh, really? Kind of reactions when Tyler Barron entering the portal hit the hit the Twitter sphere yesterday. There's a lot of sarcasm, a lot of jokes. I'd be real careful. If if I'm Kentucky, you, you finished second to Tyler Barron when when Jeremy Pruitt, who who got fired for cause, along with nine other staff members, you, you finished second to that team and and were frustrated with how things went. I'd 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 be careful this go around with the comments that you make publicly and and how you celebrate publicly. Don't don't be like Georgia out here. I mean it's um it's. I mean, it's obvious what's going on um, around college football, and you know, Kentucky hasn't fooled anybody. They have they have went out there and gotten some some big five star players. They have just been smarter about it. Uh, they have not been like Ole Miss or A and M when they go out and pull multiple number one players at their position. Uh, they just been smarter about it. And listen, they have nil opportunities. Lexington is a is a beautiful town. It's a beautiful city, and um, they have you disgust me. It is, man. It is nice. I'm just, it's trash. Hey, man. I'm I'm just keeping it real here. It's a nice town. We got people that live in Lexington that's Tennessee fans, and um, I ain't gonna crap on them just because of where they live. It's a nice place. Now Tuscaloosa is a different story, but Lexington is themselves for where they live. Gainesville is a different story, but Lexington is a is a nice nice city. It is, um, but they have nil opportunities too. We can't be naive. And quite, quite out. I mean, quite frankly, be stupid to think that Knoxville is the only place and the best place, uh, and the only option for young men and young ladies to live in a, you know, in a in a college town and, and prosper from NIL opportunities. There's other opportunities out there too, and Lexington is one. So I'll be curious to see what type of offer that Tyler Barron is going to get around the NIL to sway him to Kentucky if Kentucky is, in fact, wanting him. I'm pretty sure they do because it would be a perception blow to Tennessee. Perception. It would look terrible. The same way that Tennessee was unable to get the Wade twins to sign with Tennessee, perception-wise, it looked bad. But when you dig in and, and, and separate the facts from the minutia, you see that Tennessee wasn't going to promise one of the Wade twins the opportunity to play quarterback. And so those guys went to Kentucky. So now it added four-star to the group, to the to the recruiting class, and it makes it look better. Also, um, with a five-star receiver or four-star Barry receiver. Brown. Yeah. So Tennessee, along with other schools, said, no, thank you. But Kentucky says, come on. 
So perception-wise, it looks bad for Tennessee. Kentucky, that matters to Kentucky right now. The winning, the perception war. But the truth is, as bad as Tennessee has been over the last couple of years, they still spank Kentucky's ass. It's just the facts. I'm just, I'm just here for the facts. These are just facts. So it will be a perception blow to Tennessee if Tyler Barron went to Kentucky. And Tyler Barron's a good player and can be a better player um, once once he's 100% focused and, and good to go. He just wasn't happy. He wasn't happy his last year at Tennessee. It was very evident. So whatever he does, I hope that he does it and he's happy moving forward. Because he, 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 he is a good young man who did a really good job carrying himself um, the right way when he was here. So, Tennessee has an opportunity to go get some players in the portal that want to be here. Want to be here. Um, I'm over here texting back and forth with Jonathan Wade. And what, I don't know if Wade wants me to share this or not, but I'm going to do it anyway. We're friends. He'll forgive me. But <laughs> he, he texts and says, we don't want hostages. We don't want hostages. That's right. You don't want guys that don't want to be here. You don't want to hold someone against their will. You want people that want to be here. And if it's the NIL money, that is attracting players to other, you know, other schools. Tyon Evans was getting carries, was getting starter carries, had everything he needed right here in front of him, but decided to go to Louisville. And what sense does that make? I guess it 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 doesn't. I guess uh, I know Jay Wade had a a stint with the with the the bum, you know what, Bengals. But uh, I, I guess he was listening to to Mike Tomlin when, when he was in Cincinnati. Because Mike Tomlin has an all-time great quote that he he uses and he references when when the Steelers have a, a player that, that is not really working out. He likes to say that we need volunteers, not hostages. Now that That's a, a Mike Tomlin-ism up in Pittsburgh that, that we need volunteers and not hostages. And, and Jay Wade, spot on. That that certainly applies to, to not only the Tyler Barron situation, but also just college football in, in general with the way the transfer portal is going. Yeah, Mike Tomlin's a Tennessee fan. You can just tell. Yes, you and tell. I mean, he said that this year after uh, Melvin Ingram, uh, who signed with Pittsburgh late in the offseason and wasn't getting the playing time that he felt he deserved, and so the Steelers cut him, which is funny because he then went to Kansas City and is playing even less than he was in Pittsburgh, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh, but at the time, it was circulating that uh, Melvin Ingram wanted more playing time. And, and Mike Tomlin said, we need volunteers, not hostages. And again, I certainly think that applies to, to this situation and, and the transfer portal in general. 100%, man. 100%. 100%. So uh, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take some, some, some comments. We'll take some questions. We'll go to the text box. Phone calls, 865-255-03. We will take a timeout and um, let everyone 
take in what has been said last segment about the transfers. You can agree, you can disagree if you want to. I mean, we was only speaking facts. I don't know what you, you would disagree with. Um, but give us your take, your response, your reaction. Everything that was said, you could do that by simply hitting up the Swain Event app, hitting on the icon, call the show, and Wade just texted me and said, straight from Tomlin. So, he didn't get that from Tomlin. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. We'll take a quick time out. Stay with us. Be right back. Swain Event, Fuel by Dead and Barbecue. 